Hi, I'm Michaela, a psychotherapist. Hi, I'm Savannah, not a psychotherapist. And this is our podcast, Hippie and a Realist. Real-life conversations about life and happiness. Hi guys, I'm so excited to announce our guest today, Steph Birch at Steffi Now on Instagram. So incredibly honored to got to have gotten to sit down with her and just pick her beautiful, messy mind. And um, so a little about her, she is a 108 yoga instructor. She's a writer and she started the Write Club, which if you haven't checked those out, uh, check out her profile. They are incredible. You join her newsletter and every week she sends you a writer's prompt and a photographer as she teaches um, movement in yoga at multiple places in Sacramento. And she helps people get in touch with their bodies and their emotions through yoga, writing, and capturing them. So click over to her Instagram, check out her website, sign up for her newsletter. She is incredible. And I have one little disclaimer on this podcast, and that is that it's messy. (laughs) Surprise. So I, this, she's our first guest and, um, I did not quite factor in, uh, podcasting in a new place. So there is a little bit of echo and hum and hiss and reverb. It's messy and fun and real life. And so bear with us. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I think, um, I think we'll just roll with it and we'll just see what we got. Let's just be messy. I love that. That's what I love. That's my favorite thing about you. Just messy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was trying to think about the first time that I like connected with yeah. you on Instagram. I'm trying to remember too. I feel like it was a long time, like a long time ago. Oh, like well over a year. Ago. I think at I least. I want to say like two years. Yes. Yeah, I think so. But my years like kind of jumbled together. So I think the post, I think you had tissue in your nose. Oh, the bloody nose. I think so. Probably. I was stoked that I found someone who was like, really being authentic. Oh. And that was my favorite thing. Thank you. My nose bleeds. <laughs> I was like, I gotta follow this girl. She's like yeah. doing her deal and like not afraid to just be herself. Well, and it's me like pushing myself to show real awkward, quirky sides too. Right. Like I have to push myself to do that too. I have to push myself to do that even like when I teach yoga, it's like mm-hmm. to let loose a little bit because I can be so sometimes just so focused mm-hmm. and so grounded. Yeah. Like as yeah. a tourist too, I just feel like very earthly uh-huh. and go with the flow where I forget to be or to show my funny, weird, quirky self. Are you afraid sometimes to put that out there or, or do you feel like intuitively it feels right? Intuitively it feels Mm -hmm. right. And I think when I was, I don't know, like online moving away from making those yoga posts all the time, I was like, well, here it goes because this is who I am in a, in more of like a, broad but also just beyond like the yoga right there's so much more to you than just that one picture that yeah or but your 
but you obviously do or have done some sort of Ashtanga or something like that because you do have the ability and the capability, which I think is actually what, at least for me, I loved about you was that, yes, she she is speaking her truth. Like she is fully capable of all of this, but she's also not afraid to show this very like human side of her. Yeah. And I think that's what I loved. I just, I got to a point where I want, especially online, wanted to just go, I just want to post like things that were me. Right. Right. The real things, the real life. Daily, funny, um, weird. (laughs) Just, can I like we, to drink beer and... I love that you, you know. post that too because so many yoga people are like, ooh, I'm very, you know, nothing in my body that could be perceived as toxic or right. whatever. And you're like, no, I like a cold beer, especially in the summer. Gosh, I, I love do. that. <laughs> so um, I didn't know you were a Taurus until just now. Oh, And yeah. so my husband's also a Taurus. When's his birthday? It's May 16th. Oh, that's my brother's birthday. No way. Yeah. Uh, my birthday is on the 21st of April. Oh, okay. So First you're at the day. cusp of Aries then? Yeah, but I'm not an Aries. At all. At all. You're totally like, Taurus. Totally Taurus. <laughs> that's funny because he drives me nuts sometimes. This like <laughs> stubborn bullhorns, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. When he I, gets it in his mind, it's happening. Yeah. That's, I would say that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so what is Steven then? What is he? Gemini. Oh, so he's my son. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Your son's birthday? June 6th. June 5th. Oh, <laughs> what the hell? Uh, yeah. Um, June 5th. Steve is May 23rd. So he's oh, okay. kind of on the cusp mm-hmm, too, but mm-hmm. he's definitely a Gemini. That split personality mm-hmm. just totally shifts on you. Mm-hmm. And very spontaneous. <laughs> and I don't, you want to do it. well with spontaneity. I, it takes me time to process things. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I also like things my way. <laughs> right? That's so my that's so my husband. It's crazy. Like I really had at first we would have these battles. We would yeah. go to blows over stuff. Yeah. And he's like, put your arrow away, Sag. Because I'm like, ah, <laughs> coming at him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm not so stubborn where I just can't see the other side, but definitely. I do like to be grounded. I like routine. I like to eat the same thing every day. I like to drink the same wow. thing every day. Yeah. Practice yoga at the same time every day. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, just this is comforting. Just like a like those things. There are certain things in my daily life that are ritualistic that just keep me like feeling really good. Yes. And And I don't think it's a bad thing either. It's funny you say that because one of your posts and one of the things that I noted was that you said you make your bed every day. Yeah. And I do that too. (laughs) I have to. And I feel like people think I'm weird. They're like, you're just going to get back in it. Mm -hmm. But I will literally, if I left after my husband and he does not make the bed and then I come home, even if it's right before bed, I will make the bed. Same. Super weird. Same. Yes. To get in. It's also says that for me, it says that I care about my comfort. I care about my rest. Yes. I also try really, really, really hard to not do any work in my bed. Yes. So writing. Yes. Editing photos for photography. I try to like keep all work off my bed. And even like the phone, I've been leaving it in the living room more often not always if I have mm-hmm. to, 
if the alarm needs to go off in the mornings, but um, it's always on do not disturb and airplane mode. Yes. Wow. Like always, especially the D&D I've had on for weeks and... So you have that on right now, even mm-hmm. just like regular. Mm-hmm. And so you have to cognitively go and choose yeah. to look at stuff. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. That's really good. I never thought about doing that. I just needed a boundary. And yeah. It helps me to just focus on the one task that yeah. I want to do or that I need to do. Totally. Not get distracted by a blue blue or, or whatever. Or listening to a podcast. Right, right. It, the D&D is still on because I'm just going to listen to the podcast. Wow. Maybe do the dishes. At the mm-hmm. same time, mm-hmm. but or make the bed or yeah, I'm gonna know. have to try that though because I do the bedtime at night, but mm-hmm. I never thought about doing the D and D during the day. Yeah, that's well, such a good idea. And I do it for uh, when I teach, so no, nothing comes through when I'm playing music um, in classes. And I just started really extending it. I mean, it's I want to say it's been longer than a few weeks now, like been months, um, and not. That I like was like oh, I'm gonna do this for X amount of time. It was just so I remember that you sent out one of your right clubs on a Wednesday was about like being mindful of your screen time. Yeah, yeah. I find that when I make a post, I'm definitely on Instagram sure. way more. Uh, one because I don't pre-write my posts like. It's super rare if I like send it to myself in an email form and then just copy and paste. I almost never do that. But um, I like write the post while I'm posting it and then just checking comments. Sure. Or, has a question. Sure. or I notice that when I make a post, I will also get a lot of DMs. And mm-hmm. so I try to mm-hmm. answer those. Yeah. And, and I just have this like part of me that wants to like answer people. Right. And not leave them hanging. Yeah. And I think it's important to connect with people, but also like there is a fine line of like, I can't get to everyone. So I was going to ask you that because I think that, um, you know, this is a piece of things that a lot of people don't see, especially if they're not at like maybe the level of followership that you are and they do maybe feel offended by like, Oh, why didn't she reply back to me or Mm -hmm. something like that? But it sounds to me like it's really a a timing issue for you. It's about having quality time still left in your day. Yeah. Yeah. Or I, I just go, everybody has access to my email. You just Mm -hmm. click the the link in my bio on Mm -hmm. social and you can message me through email and I'll get back to you. Eventually. Always like, if I miss it, it's because of a right club and oh, sure. so many people have responded sure, to right sure, club and shared sure. their prompts with me, which is very sweet. And I read them all. I just might not respond to them all. So it's funny because I, I had, want to. <laughs> I've had to withhold replying to your emails because I'm to. like, I know she's getting because so many, but I so want to say what I, I you know, so I'm being more mindful about like when I reply back to them, like sometimes I just save it for myself. And then sometimes I will, you've seen, I email you, but, um, your right clubs, I think are one of the most unique, one of the most unique things I've ever seen offered anywhere. I, and really, truly like you are so authentic and so yourself in them. And I know that that's, I know from even putting myself out there sometimes how hard it can be to to take a real story, like your real mm-hmm. life, and then put it out there like you do. And, and then it's amazing. come up with a prompt for it. And, but it, they're beautiful. And they're always so energetically and universally, like, I so needed that this week. And I really feel that all the time when you put them out. Well, and 
and I also think like that's how connected we all humans are. Yes. We are connected. And yeah. It, the Riot Club has been such a fun, cool, sometimes really challenging thing for me because um, I never want the prompts or my stories or my opinions to come across as, as like, I know better. Right. And so I know that sometimes tone can get lost or if I'm writing them mm-hmm. really fast mm-hmm. and I don't edit, yeah, <laughs> which I'm trying to not edit. So right. Much, you want to just the spelling errors yeah. be there. I'm letting, um, just awful grammar. And there's a part of me that wants to go back and fix them. Mm-hmm. And the, like the student or the, the people pleaser yeah. or like the like don't have any mistakes don't show your mistakes part right. of me wants to control that and then I just go no you can't like don't do it like let it be messy because right. this is also your message and this is also my work is to be messy and kind of loose if you will because I'm not that loose anymore <laughs> but you but you so pull it off like it's just it's just beautiful and it's funny so when I was like up this morning kind of thinking about how this podcast would go I'm like you know what I don't have to think about how this podcast will go with her because it's just gonna flow exactly as it's meant to flow and that's what I think is so beautiful about your words and your style and one of the things that I admire a lot <clears throat> because I don't I suck at this I grew up very prude like mm. you know you don't you don't, and I have huge boobs and I constantly have to hide them because like, even as a young girl and I want super long legs, all the shorts were too short and all the shirts were cleavage. And so my whole life, you know, if it wasn't from my mom and dad who were saying like, cover up, cover up, cover up, it was teachers or it was whatever. And it's like, I'm not trying to be maybe this expressive in a bad way. This is just my body. This is just who I am. And I feel like you have such a beautiful way of and I'll use the term exposing without being tenderness of honesty. Yes. Just saying what's real. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Like you're, you know, and I don't know how you do that. I really don't know either. I mean, I guess I could say like there for a few years I did some modeling. So I do know how to pose Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I know how to, I used to coach women wow. and girls and teens how to walk a runway oh wow pose in front of a camera for lifestyle shots oh and this shots is awesome and wow and you know fashion stuff so I used to teach people how to do that too so some of it's just knowing like and this is what's going to be more flattering yeah <laughs> just knowing your angles or knowing my angles um and so that's a part of it and the other part is just very natural I don't know, but my mom was born in Germany and I saw like growing up, I saw my grandmother be naked. I saw my mom be naked. Just like, it wasn't a big deal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ever. Uh, I would be getting ready in the morning. She's coming out of the shower and it never was a weird thing to me. Wow. And I think with my mom too, I never heard her complain about her body and I saw her body change. I mean, I'm the oldest of five kids. Right, right. And, like, I saw her body change, and I just always thought, like, that's what a body looks like after having all those kids. Wow. And it wasn't, like, I never heard her complain about her body. 
now she's older and she's got some health stuff going on, but um, like some thyroid issues. And now this is like the first time I've heard her be kind of like, oh, I'm gaining weight here and I don't know why and, and this and that. But um, growing up, I've never heard her complain about her body ever. So that must have had some sort of impact on you from a modeling standpoint. Like, and I mean, modeling as in, demo, yeah. you know, what you, what you grew up seeing is kind of what you learned. Like this is, this is how women are supposed to look. That is so, I think that is one and of the all key. the ways. Right. All the ways. Right. From no kid or from one kid yeah. to five and uh, through all the years. And yeah. I think other cultures are really good at embracing that. Like, mm-hmm. even if you just look at statues of women in Europe, you know, right. and they're, they all have, yeah. they all have pot bellies. Yes, exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And but the they're like, are like wonky. And, and like, yeah. They're actually boobs. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like admired for that. They're admired. And and I think other cultures, it's a sign of health even mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. being fuller, fuller in your bodily expression yes. is, is healthy. Well, it's so feminine too. Like feminine is to be emotional, wild, but also really soft. And so even just the portrayal of a woman's body being soft Yes. Is yes. part of the feminine. Yes. And I feel like if I were to talk about like something that makes me feel insecure is how skinny I am. Like that's an insecurity for me because I feel sometimes I'm not feminine or wow. womanly. I'm very just stick figure. But you're perfect. Oh, you're no. perfect. Like, but, <laughs> but I know what you're saying. Yes. Express like. And insecurity—that's what feel. it is. Yeah. Um, and I think, no, I think I know this is one of the reasons why I work so hard physically and love really good, challenging yoga practice. Or I used to go like run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to do Pilates too, mm-hmm. and and I used to play competitive sports. But like I loved always working really hard because feeling strong in mm-hmm. my body makes me feel powerful and like into myself and it makes me feel confident when I'm strong because I feel Mm -hmm. like being the skinny person I like a man can overpower me very easily right so I just I'm like strong so I can hike out (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so perfectly sideways into the topic of intuition. So mm-hmm. something that my mom always said, and I grew up with a British mom, right? Yeah. So it was like, my grandmother was like, go fix your face. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what I grew up with. That's just that mm-hmm. very like cut and dry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my mom never said that to me, but my, my grandmother certainly did. Um, yeah. But my mom always used to say that men are given brute strength. Women are given the gift of intuition. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, now I realize that's a gender, very distinct gender, but sure. aside from all of that, um, one of the things that I, I was hoping to talk to you about is your experience that you had with intuition and yeah. listening to it. And what does that mean? And well, when I was a kid, there were, I'll, I'll call them intuitive hits, just knowing things about adults without them saying things out loud. Mm. So my parents, my biological parents had me when they were in high school and 
Yeah, I'll leave it at that. They were super young, mm-hmm. and can you imagine? Can I just pause you for? Can yeah. you imagine having a kid at like seventeen? No, that's when my mom had me I, too. Oh, I was such an asshole at seventeen right? and sixteen. Like, <laughs> right? I even I remember telling my mom, like, I can't believe you had me as a kid. That's so dumb. <laughs> and I was just, I would say really yeah. mean yeah. things like that, and. Like, I'll never be like you. I'll never do this. And I feel... I, I said those I same things, really too. I feel really terrible. Mm-hmm. Still, like, there's mm-hmm. a part of me that goes, wow. That was a bubble thing to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I've, I, I've been on that journey yeah. myself. And I don't think I circled back with my mom until I had my son. And was like, this is fucking hard. Like, yeah. I can't believe you did this. I go, I don't know how you did this. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know how you did this. I can't imagine like my 17 year old self having a kid. It was hard. Like my 30 year old self having a kid. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I had been at 28. That was hard. It's yeah. It's hard. And I feel like I had lo- like a life uh-huh. that I lived and an identity before. I oh, can't yeah. imagine how my mom just kind of not even having her own real identity yet getting thrown into that. And I think this is kind of ties into a lot of what you talk about, which is holy womanhood and women lifting each other up. Mm -hmm. And I saw a really cool meme the other day that said, um, I hope we all make it like, I don't need to compete with you. Like I want all of us to, and that's how it used to be like back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. We all deserve to make it Mm -hmm. and, and we should be lifting each other like be forklifts. I love that. I love that analogy. We, that would be a really cool art. Like, like a, a, wouldn't that be so like neat? A, like a forklift. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> With like maybe yeah. two women like lifting it and one on top. Yeah. That would be epic. Oh. You need to do that. Maybe I need to sketch that. <laughs> I think you need to sketch that. Yes. I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you were saying that as even a kid, you had these intuitive hits, you call them. Yeah. Uh, so it was really tricky in my early life, just, um, having two parents kind of, I wouldn't say that they were at war, but I definitely knew there was stuff going on behind the scenes or hushed tones being said as far Mm -hmm. as like how to like raise me Mm -hmm. visitation Mm -hmm. and, and things like that. And, um, I think, I also learned that I didn't have to trust adults or that I didn't trust adults. And I learned how to have a boundary at a very young age wow. too, like intuitively. Mm-hmm. Um, my biological dad, um, it was, it was tough between like his dynamic with my stepdad and then my mom, although I never heard I lived most, I lived with my mom and my stepdad. My stepdad has been around since I was born, but, um, like I never heard my mom say anything negative Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. my biological death ever. Mm -hmm. And there came to like, at a point when I was about 11, I think fifth or sixth grade, I had been visiting him uh, every other weekend. I met him when I was like four or five. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I just, I didn't want to. He had uh, anger issues, mm-hmm. and he like was I. Uh, I didn't know what it was at the time. Like as a kid, I was like, "This it doesn't is feel right." Is off, 
and in your gut doesn't feel right. And so, and I had like other siblings that I lived with and my parents, they would always go to Santa Cruz or mm-hmm. Tahoe on the weekends. And <laughs> I don't want to miss out. Yeah. Like, didn't right. want to miss out on right. the fun. And right. I'd go to his house and it was kind of boring. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and then one day I was just like, I don't want to come. I don't want to visit you anymore. I think I'm done. I'm done. How powerful at your age to set a boundary like that. I was like 11. That's incredible. I, it, was a, it was the summer of fifth grade. I remember because it was before braces. <laughs> so this would be your first example of like really, truly listening to your gut and mm-hmm. responding to it. Yeah. Because how, how many of us hear messages? And then my husband always says, um, if only I'd listened to my gut, if only yeah. I'd listened to my gut. And then we get ourselves in these messes mm-hmm. and we knew better mm-hmm. and we didn't listen. Yeah. I wonder why that is. I think I just felt really unsafe. Yeah. There's a part of me, even at that time, that knew something was off. It didn't feel safe and I was going to like speak up about it. And then it was like a, just a shock, a really shocking moment because he started screaming at the phone and oh boy. it scared me. And then yeah, yeah. my stepdad got on the phone and then I could hear both of them like right. arguing and oh, wow. I was crying and, mm-hmm. and I think my family was getting ready to go to the river or something. Everybody was like all packed up or I can't remember the exact details, but I just remember like, just get off the phone so we can leave. Just get off the phone so we can go. Like, yeah. cause I really wanted to have go and, and also it, it was, I don't know, the things that he said on the phone and I know we've like, we've rekindled our relationship mm-hmm. um, and it was still very scary and I still can like go back and feel like what I felt then. Like, wow. I don't trust you even if you are my biological parent. Um, and yeah. So I think our brain does have the ability to store that for survival. You yeah. Know, so that if I'm, if I'm put in a situation again in the future, I can draw from that experience and remember, which is probably part of what contributes to how you were describing feeling strong or wanting to be, feel strong and stuff. That's probably all tied together. Yes. It somewhere just intuitively, that's kind of like how you migrated. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah. I, I feel like, well, not I feel like, I know like everything is connected. This is just a universal truth. Everything is connected. So how many people though don't know? Like, do you, it's funny because I wrote this down too, but I'm like, why is it that people who get it, like all are in, like, I talk to you, I talk to, uh, you know, and people that get it, get it. And they're all like coming together. Like they're mm-hmm. being drawn to each yeah. other in some way. And then I feel like there's people that don't. And I'm not saying, yeah. maybe they just haven't, they just haven't had that experience yet. Or I also believe that people choose like in like our souls choose a life this life this physical life Mm -hmm. and then they'll Mm -hmm. choose another life and another life and another life Mm -hmm. and in this like in this plane I've chosen this life and these lessons and there's a really big part of me that does believe like when you die like you are born again with the same consciousness that you died with. So you're so speaking you're it with you. Evolving. Yeah. yeah. Always. And, and so some have had more lifetimes then to tune into it. Yeah. Or yeah. just develop that part of mm-hmm. whatever they needed to work 
through to like get to the next. Yes, I have. And I know this sounds so no, I hippie and like <laughs> I get it, I get it, <laughs> right? <laughs> I totally get it. I have this lady yeah. tell me that she's. <laughs> I still consider her to be one of my greatest mentors ever. She's my first yoga instructor, and um, she's like, it's okay. She's like, we've we've already met. We've already had a lifetime together. She's all, this is just my role in this one with you. And I was like, wacko, what are you talking about? But I get it now. And I do think we had some sort of soul connection in another way because it was like when we met, there was no, it was just so easy, you know? Yeah. 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 I don't know. (laughs) I believe things that, I also believe that we don't need an explanation for everything. Mm. We don't. And then we try to get it, and I that's know. when shit gets screwed up. And my, brain, my brain wants to go, I need closure. I need to know why this person treated me this way because I feel like if I knew their why, I would soften around that situation, you know? But we don't need to know why. We just need to forgive it. So <laughs> I have to say, because this is audio, right? But I wish I had a camera on you for that part because it was miraculous what you were doing with your hands and your Italian eyes closed. Hands. And there was so much passion happening that you can't see on audio. I love that. Yeah. But I agree. I think I fight to find like the why a lot. And it, yeah. and it doesn't usually get me anywhere except more whatever I was feeling when yeah. I started, you know? Or the, the feeling on top of the feeling, just the the progressive angst of yeah. Yeah. not receiving an answer or just digging into the hole of whatever that emotional feeling is and the situation and just, and you call out your why a lot in the right clubs and the prompts. And I love that because it just shifts your mind on like, well, what are you trying to accomplish yeah. here? Because maybe that's not what you should be looking for. Yeah. Maybe there's something else in here that is more meaningful or you're going to take yeah. more away from. I love those props. Yeah. Love the why props. I see that in classes often too, in yoga classes. Like, why are you here? <laughs> you that, yeah, right. Um, and then come yeah. back to your why. Yeah. You know why you're here. You know mm-hmm. why you showed up. I love that and because it, you can't like, lie to yourself. No, and, <laughs> be honest. We yeah, take responsibility when we come back to our own why, and we keep the integrity of that alignment. What we want to bring into our lives, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I am responsible for the energy I take on and the energy I give out. And if I let somebody else wind me up, that means I'm taking on something. But I don't have to. And granted, I go, dang it. Did I do that? Oh, I've had so much of that lately. Like so many. And my husband will even straight up say like, why are you letting them do that to you? Why are you letting them, you know? And it's like, oh yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I just want to be mad, I guess. (laughs) I also really want to help people. So how much of a pickle do you get yourself in from like trying to help and trying to, yeah. That's frustrating. Yeah, I I also believe in the goodness of people. I believe that people can change in an instant. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they were really messed up to me like 24 hours ago, I do believe somebody can change and rectify and we can evolve in mm-hmm. a relationship. Mm-hmm. Have mm-hmm. faith in people. That's a beautiful gift that you should not let go of ever. 
well, sometimes I really do want to let them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want this gift anymore. <laughs> Take this one. Yeah, I and I think about it when it comes to my biological dad, like, and working through, so coming back to, like, that 11-year-old stuff and that situation and that, like, it was pretty traumatic. Um, at age 16, I wrote him a letter and I said some something along the lines of, I, um, like, I forgive you or um, wow. it was something about how I think that since you are my dad, you should be in my life. Hmm. And uh, uh, here's me reaching out at 16. Wow. That's almost like saint status. You know, if you can find that space of empathy to forgive. And that's like, to me, that's like saint status. And I'm like, who is that teenager? Right. She's been there all along. Right. Also set a heart boundary at one point. Stood up for herself. Which probably created the space for you to be able to do what you did at 16. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. That's incredible. So this letter that you wrote, did you mail it or did you hold it? I mailed it? it. You did. Yeah. Cause like he still lived in the same house. It wasn't like he lived really far. And I just said to my mom, I'm going to write Terry a letter and I need a stamp. It's incredible. like that and it makes me wonder if they didn't intuitively feel something that inspired them to ask you and you said you're working on being more open when when people do that and I think about that often because I think I'm one of those people that does that and people get annoyed you know but thank god for you (laughs) I'm serious because thank god I said this just last night thank god we are checking in with each other like how yes. many times do people say, do you need something? But really they don't, they want you to say no. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. I think we've created that a little bit, you know, or that pol- like the common courtesy politeness, but not really have meaning or action behind it. Exactly. Like we're just doing it to be polite. Yes. However, saying it without meaning is really impolite. Right. <laughs> exactly. And not helpful and just rude rude (laughs) when someone says are you okay they want you to say yeah i'm I'm fine Mm -hmm. but if you're like no this and this and this and they're like wait whoa (laughs) i didn't want an answer like that you know there is i i feel that way sometimes when i will still catch myself if somebody asks like how are you doing i'll say i'm great or i'm fine or i'm okay and then i go actually i'm not okay (laughs) i have a ton on my plate right now i'm overwhelmed that's actually my answer. And then what do people do? Do you get good like, responses? That- <laughs> a little stiff sometimes. Yeah. But also like, okay. Thank you for your honesty. Yeah. We need more of that. Yeah. We need more of that, like honest communication. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And not being afraid to speak our truth. Yes. 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 Because uh, even just when I used to get upset with people going, are, 
are you okay? Yeah. You're really tired. <laughs> just go. I'm gonna punch you in the face right now. <laughs> like, don't tell me I look tired. Yeah, it's so yeah. rude and like, but there's truth to that. Yeah. Or maybe I'm literally thinking of something that's tiring my brain out because I've been running through a situation yeah. that I haven't taken care of or just emotionally tired from something that I haven't like set a boundary with. So yeah, I am probably tired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to admit it because I don't want you to see like how messy I am. But I swear, of all the people um, that I've ever met, you are so glamorously messy. Like, truly, like, you're just like, here I am. And I just woke up and I look amazing. Like, but in a natural way. Steve will probably go, "Mm." (laughs) I remember when we were doing the, um, the one minute videos. Yeah. One was like, wake and take. Oh, yeah. And my husband was like, yeah, I don't know. That's not your Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. But that one was a good one. That was a good one. That's like because real raw. The thing about videos is that, well, I think you now there's apps to put filters on them, which I think is so lame. But I would say for the most part, you can't yeah. put a filter Right. You're getting what you get. Yeah. 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 You can't like modify it. It is what it is. And that's, and you do that too. You put a lot of videos that are like, this is my blooper reel. This is what's happening right now. You know? Well, I also think it's really important for me to, if I'm going to do things online, not always, and just share pictures, I think it's important for me to not always have makeup on or um, have clean clothes on. Yes. Yeah. Because this is in the moment. So I wanted to circle back on this, this whole thing that happened if, if you have time with the car. Okay. Um, Because I feel there was so much to it. And so, such a trip. Yes. So tell the story. I got to hear the whole story. So I had a dream that I was driving down Capital City Freeway, if you live in Sacramento, that my car was going to lose power, literally shut off on the freeway at this particular point on the freeway. Like my dream was in full color. It was, I had all the details, like the sun is in the back seat, this, like the way he, it always is. I'm and getting chills right now, just here. Yeah, just <laughs> driving. And in my dream, I was able to pull off safely. Anyway, I woke up the next morning, uh, Ben and I were going to go have breakfast with my parents in Roseville. And there was a part of me that's like, okay, I know that dream. Oh, it's going to happen. Did you feel sick when you woke up a little bit? Or was it just like, oh, it was a weird dream? Kind I was of thing. like, this is going to happen. Oh my gosh. I already knew. Oh. I was like, go to breakfast anyway. Oh my gosh. Do it. Like, just go and do it. And then there was a part of me when I was leaving, I was like, maybe instead of Cap City, I should go down 16th and get on 160. Like, no, but my car breaks down. Oh my God. When? Yeah, I was like, I didn't want to be in unknown territory. Well, and, and 160 bottlenecks. Yeah, and to get to 160, I don't want to break down on 16th Street. And some parts of it's not like a great neighborhood. So I was like, go oh, on Cap City. Go and pull, drive in. Then it's reading his book in the back seat. It's like the car loses power. I purposely drove in the slow lane because I knew. I cannot. I just cannot believe that this happened. Like, like I can't uh, even. But I can. Yeah. I can, but I can't. You know yeah. what I mean? So I you say so your calm. car lost like, power. It just. Yeah. Oh, the alternator. It was the alternator, the alternator. right? Oh, yeah. God. So everything just shut off. I was going over, just over the speed limit. Not crazy. Because I just knew. I coasted off the same exact spot 
I can't believe that. Mm-hmm. And then after, like, you're shaking. I'm like, okay. Well, then it goes, Mama, this isn't the restaurant. No, broke by Cal Expo. I was like, nobody. Uh, the car lost power and it's not going to start again. The fact that you knew that, <sighs> like, right? Because cars can break down, but you knew exactly I what knew, was wrong with it. You knew. I just knew it was going to lose power. I didn't know exactly that it was the alternator. Right. Right. But I knew it was going to lose power. And not turn back on. Not that you were out of gas. Not that it, I mean. We'll take gas. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and then I, I sat for a moment. And he was like, oh, okay. And I was like, don't worry. I'll call dad or I'll call grandpa. And I just was like, don't cry. Don't cry. Just stay calm. Take some breaths. Like, it's fine. It's totally fine. You described um like a ringing in your ears. Yeah, like I get that. Just like the emotion of it. Yeah, I, I don't know how to explain. Like a surreal, a culmination of like whatever that was. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> I do, I have so many thoughts on it. Like I'm trying to like even put my thoughts together. But I sometimes think when we get that the ringing you're describing, it's because it's silencing the world so we can listen more. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I know yeah. that sounds really goofy, yeah. but I feel like yeah. it's part of like the whole like vibrational like hone in yes. focus yes. meditation flow state. Yes. All the things exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's like a really powerful tool and gift that some people don't even get or can experience yeah. actually. Well and I, I have had very strong intuitive hits throughout my life. Even one when I was going to Mexico, uh right before I turned twenty one, um with a friend, like driving to Mexico, we drove in the middle of the night. I used to live in San Diego. Did not know that. Yeah, I lived there. What? For a while. We yeah. have so many similarities. Oh yes, we probably know some of the same people. Probably. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> and I knew it was gonna be a life and death situation, but I didn't know like what was gonna happen. I didn't have like a dream so detailed like the one I had with the car incident mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. months ago or from last month. And so do do they come to you in dreams or sometimes can they just come to you like in the day like a feeling dreams a feeling during the day yeah just or like a gut like my body is Mm -hmm. like or even just feeling safe or unsafe around people kind of like children Mm -hmm. Bennett was like he would not run up to just anybody to get right isn't that crazy and kids just know or people that would say hello in the grocery store I think that so you mentioned a couple different ways that you get intuitive hits. I like that you describe them as hits. Well, and when I think back to the, the Mexico incident, when we were, we were pulled over in the middle of the night and asked to get oh out of the boy. car. Oh, and, boy. Um, by the, the police. Or Gestapo the or whatever. I don't know really who they were. That same ringing in my ear and that experience, I literally felt like I was out of body and looking down at the situation that was taking place and going no 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 it's not right even when it was happening like i was like i'm just watching what's happening wow from somewhere else wow like i could see the ocean because we're on the one um in mexico like i could see like i could i was panned out looking down at the situation just getting all sorts of like ooh. so i want to tell you about i think i mentioned about our car accident Mm -hmm. so tucker and i were going to school it was one of those days where we had like plenty of time no hurry yeah and um there was a semi truck in front of me and I went through the first passing lane and we're cruising like 45 and I'm like, I'm not going to pass him. We're, we got plenty of time to get to school. Yeah. Tucker's singing the Christmas carol or holiday carol that he was going to be performing. And, um, so the next passing lane comes up and in, 
in the weeks prior, I kept having this feeling something bad is going to happen and it's going to happen in the car. Like I didn't know where, but I just knew that it was, it was really weird. Like I remember testing my brakes, like pumping my brakes to see what they would do. I just had this feeling something bad was going to happen. And, um, and so gosh, it just gives me the really, so the next passing lane came up and the big semi truck pulled to the side Uh and I thought, Oh, he wants me to pass it. We live in a rural area. There's two lane highway and, and that's a common thing. Yes. And so I thought he was pulling to the side to let us pass. So I pulled, I half pulled into the oncoming traffic lane to pass him, like just two wheels. And we're going And all of a sudden, I still get willies. All of a sudden he, the semi-truck turns left. Like he's going to, he's making a U-turn. And so Tucker's still singing in the back seat. And all of a sudden he slams in right before he slams into the passenger side. I look to the left, which is really weird. And that's a really weird thing to do. And he's coming this way. And I see this telephone pole, two of them. And I'm like, we're going to hit those. And so at the last second, I crank the steering wheel into the accident. Nobody does that. It's just, you swerve away. So I crank the steering wheel into the accident. He hits us, sends us sailing. We missed the first telephone pole by like, I mean, hairs. And then we hit the back end of the second telephone pole. So we had like total airbag deployment, whole thing. But but it changed my life. And I tell people that I wasn't, it was me, but it wasn't me. It was, it was some other, like, like you're describing, I wasn't really there. I was there, but I wasn't really there. Yeah. And the things that I did were just not like natural, but I feel like I prepared for them in the days prior, like in some weird way, like with my brakes and with my steering. And like, I just knew, I just knew. knew. And, um, I never, even just knowing something is going to happen. It was a preparation of like straight up calm and like trying in your situation, like trying to avoid that hole and hold the wheel hold the wheel to turn into the accident. Yes. And the, and I was holding on for like dear life. I mean, the whole steering wheel was shaking. Yeah, we're off-roading yeah, at yeah, that point. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. And then I had that ringing in the ears that you described. Like everything went, it was so weird. And then it was almost like a birthday party because all the airbags went off. Yeah. And I heard nothing. And I did not know how Tucker was or anything. And all of a sudden I hear, mommy, we've been in a bad accident. I'm like, and, oh. yeah. And then I got out and ripped open his door, which was all mangled. And he was still holding his English muffin. (laughs) But um but I felt prepared Mm -hmm. and eerily calm. Like you're describing just weird. Even the getting pulled over in Mexico and just that situation, I won't go into detail, but um eerily calm. Isn't that weird? I knew something bad was gonna happen. How do you listen to your gut or listen to your intuition? Like what do you have to do to tap into this kind of underworld, so to speak. I have to get really quiet in order to listen to my intuition or gut or really take the time every day to check in with myself. I find when I'm overloaded or busy or filling myself, those are the hardest times to listen to my gut or intuition or when I'm distracted really, or probably perhaps avoiding. Um, Yeah. Just 
just a daily check-in, not to say that something immediately comes up, but making time and space for myself to just be really quiet. So meditation or um, a time of not doing anything. And that allows me to really trust what comes up in situations, experiences, or uh, things with other people when I don't feel something is jiving or um, working well with other people or situations or experiences. um, I know that I've given myself time to tune in and I can trust what comes up in the moment anytime. I think the dream, the dream state is really interesting. Like all sorts of, have you done the cacao dream journey yet? You've got to do that. And there is a book that's about dreams and premonitions from somebody. I cannot remember the name. If you remember, we can link it in the podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll find it because I have also gotten that as a message, especially after that right club um, with the car story. There is something about dreams in particular that I think is so good to look into for the psyche or for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I will often like look up what this dream meaning means. Like even yes. just last week I had a dream that all my teeth fell out. Uh, yes. Oh. <laughs> that was, I hate those I ones. I hate that one. Yeah, those are the worst. But yeah. I was like, I gotta look it up again, even though I've had this before. I've looked this one up. Yeah. yeah. I have a dream. I have a dream journey or a dream book at home that tells you like, I keep it by the bed. Cause yeah. I think I forget them as the day goes on. Yeah. Like I wake up you and remember. Like, write them down. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I have. Unless a- they happen in real life too. <laughs> Like, oh shit. Like, I won't forget that dream. (laughs) (laughs) But the disturbing ones are the ones we remember the most. Like, you know, you can wake up and remember a good dream for like a minute, but it's the ones that really were like, why? I I jumped I had black smoke coming out of my ear the other day. I didn't look it up yet, but I feel like it's not right. That's a bad one. Look it up. That is gross and weird. Weird. Mm -hmm. Still, I would look up black smoke. (sighs) It's just I don't even want to. Like I don't even want to know what it's gonna say. But it could say something like releasing bad tension. Steaming off the bad in the world. Letting go. All right. Let's hope for that. Let's hope for that. And not like, oh, you have a brain Letting tumor. Go, like negative energy. Yeah. Maybe that's what yeah. it is. Oh, you know what? I had something happen right before that. And I bet that's what it was. I'm going to look it up. Now you need to look I know. It up. I'm going to. And now everyone listening is like, she had black smoke. <laughs> Weirdo. My aunt always comes to me in my dreams um, in beautiful places. And she always had her and my grandma always come. And they always have these really like inspirational spiritual messages. And they're very peaceful, yeah. you know, shroud and love and light kind of thing. Yeah. Um, whenever my grandma comes, it's interesting because she's always like standing on one side of a bridge yeah. and I'm on the other. And she's saying, Kaylee, come here. Kaylee, come here. Yeah. Yeah, like so if she's encouraged she's always encouraging me encouraging me to do something. Yeah. But the other night, this was about a month ago, I had a dream. Um, I was in the kitchen with my aunt. She's loved to cook and everybody says I'm a lot like her, like yeah, just yeah. all sorts of ways. And um and I was so happy that she was because when she comes, it's such a good thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden my aunt, my other aunt, her sister, who's still alive, was in the dream, and she said, It's not her. Look at her, it's not her. And I turned around and her eyes were 
red and she was dark and evil and she was mad about something that my uncle was saying. Oh my gosh, I'm getting chills. Yeah. And I, and I was so angry. I was so upset. I wanted to go get white sage and Palo Santo and I wanted to like clear it clear. I wanted, I woke up so upset that I actually like said out loud, don't do that again. Don't, I don't like that. And I, not weird. You know, now that we're talking about dreams and we were talking before, like have dreams happen like this, like now that I even reflect more, my great grandmother has visited me in my dreams and she technically was my step great grandmother. However, um, I mean, we called her Kong Kong and just this teeny tiny Puerto Rican woman, like by the end of her life was only speaking Spanish. Mm -hmm. Um, But she has visited, excuse me, she has visited me. And the last time it was about when Bennett was three and I felt her sit on the bed next to me and put her hand on me. Wow. Like I felt the pressure, like physically, yeah, the pressure of her sitting, the pressure of her hand, and I was dead asleep. And she said that you have always been my great granddaughter. Oh, wow. And she said, and you are a really great mom. Wow. And I was like, and you know, she was there. That's the grandfather's visited me too. A lot of sitting on the edge of the bed. Isn't it comforting though? Mm-hmm. Like there's something very scared. comforting about it. Yeah. yeah. When Bennett was little, around that age too, um, we were driving past this cemetery that's right around the corner from our house now, but we weren't living here. And he said, my great grandfather is buried there. <gasps> and I was like, he's not buried in this one, but he also said like, or he's in a place like that. Oh, and he knew. And I was like, wow, he died before, way before I was pregnant with him. Uh-huh. Um, and he, and then he would just like describe what he looked like. Cause I was just asking him questions. Mm-hmm. What do you say? And he goes, I know, I know my great grandfather. I know my great grandfather. Like, okay, just keep nurturing that. Right. Whatever that is. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. But kids are so, I think they're so intuitive that like, I think they have the ability to just transcend that. Tucker will often say, mommy, are you sure this isn't a dream? Like he's almost got some, you know, and I feel like he experiences things in just a different way. And I, and I don't want him to lose it, whatever it is, you know, ask questions. Yeah. And, and I go, well, some people think it's a dream, you know? And I go, I feel very real, but maybe I'm just all a part of your dream. Who, you know, who knows? Like, that's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. But it's been talking a lot about that lately too. And he's like, well, what happens to us after? I said, well, I think we go on into another life and we experience something else. And he's like, yeah, so we're always here. Oh, wow. That they say it's the craziest here. And you're like, yes, yes, we are. (laughs) And, drop everything and just be here. I think we need to end on that. That's just always here. Beautiful. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out our links. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.